0: Hi, I'm Nat. And I'm Lizzie. Welcome to The Third Space, a podcast for youth workers by youth workers to talk about the highs and lows of working with young folks in spaces outside of school and home. Awesome.
1: So um, for this episode today, our conversation is going to be um, talking about time and space and their importance in youth work. Um, but before we dive into our topic, we will start off with a check-in.
0: Yeah. And today's check-in comes courtesy of a friend and maybe fan. And that is B Pow. B-Pow! aka the best part of your week. Best part of week. Yes. So to model, are we doing names and pronouns? We yet? should always, always do names do and names. Names pronouns. and pronouns and astrologicals, or whatever. Hi. I'm Nat Duran. My pronouns are they, them. I am an airy trifecta. That's all I'm going to say about that today. And the best, oh man, I never think about my answer before I start talking the best part of my week. What day is it? Monday from Monday to last Monday. Um, no, I'm going to go ahead and say that it was so, uh, For our gentle listeners at home, this is the week going into the Gratitude Day holiday, aka Thanksgiving, aka Turkey Day. And my brother is going down to Texas with his boo for the holiday. And so we had an early Thanksgiving yesterday at my aunt's. And I just love eating all the Thanksgiving food. (laughs) So I ate too much. I should have paced myself, um, but that was the best part of my week because I got to just eat all of the other things. So. And I'm Oh, yep. Be
1: Pow. There's a hand motion that goes with that. You can't see it, but you have to like hands in like a superhero every and then time. Up.
0: Yeah, and up. Yeah. Hands up to up.
1: Yeah. Um, great. I'm Lizzie Appleby. Um, my pronouns are she and her. Um, I am a Cancer with a Virgo rising and a Scorpio moon. And, um, the best part of my week is a tie because I never have one answer. Um, one was watching some of my really rad youth leaders yesterday put together Mm -hmm. a really cool workshop and that was just like awesome. And we did a checkout at the end of that. And a lot of them shared that they were really excited to see so many adults in their community that were like interested in learning about LGBTQ identities. So that was just really cool to like hear them get to see that and like feel positively about it. Um, and then the other was that like I've had a whole day off on Saturday where like there was yeah. no plans, which was really great. And we saw the new Harry Potter movie, which we can talk about later because Nat has some feelings about one of the character. Does
0: it count as a Harry Potter movie? If it's
1: the not? Grindelwald movie, crimes of Grindelwald. We saw that about Newt <laughs> and Grindelwald and Dumbledore. In the Harry Potter universe, a.k.a. the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Um, But that was great. I really enjoyed it. So, And there was Movie Theater Popcorn, one of my faves. So, yeah. Um, So, this. Okay. And so, this week, um, it is Nath's turn for a story to share with us a little bit about a time that time and space came up for them in their
0: youth work. So, take it away. Nat. Sure. Um, Okay. So um, I think we had shared way back when in our first episodes, our little background context, but I'm going to repeat it here. Um, I very briefly taught in the Chicago public school system as a high school English teacher. And after I left teaching, I found a gig in a residential transitional living program for older youth in care who were preparing to emancipate. Um, But as part of that pro from what? Yeah. Okay. Um, As part of that program, there was a weekly life skills group that I think when I interviewed for the gig there, um, a lot of folks assumed like, Oh, Matt's a teacher. They used to teach. So they'll, this life skills group will be a cakewalk for them. Um, and it was, I don't know if I would necessarily describe it as a cakewalk. Um, it, there was a bit of a learning curve as there are with all things. Uh, but I realized that I really went into that space with a lot of teacher energy, um, right? Kind of like fresh, still fresh out of undergrad and all of the things they teach you about classroom management. (laughs) And, um, the young men I used to work with at this organ, at this agency had no qualms reminding me that they weren't in a classroom. And we were trying to have these conversations develop like very tangible daily living skills of, um, anywhere from hygiene to laundry to budgeting and grocery shopping and uh, how do you do simple fixes on a toilet or um, any any number one of these topics. Um, and that just wasn't the way to frame that conversation as far as like, oh, y'all are talking, like I'll wait or... Um, God what else. Yeah, just like not not demanding their attention, but expecting their attention like again like where this is a very casual setting, literally at the time um the the site that we had was aggregate housing, so it was well, what I always deemed it was almost like a frat house. There were like nine uh, young men living in there, and it was like three bedrooms on the top, of the second floor; three bedrooms on the first floor, and then two bedrooms in on the in the basement, one of which was a double. And um, yeah, and we would just sit in their living room and try and get their attention away from the Xbox to engage in these conversations. And I think right after a couple of weeks of feeling of walking away from that that uh those sessions feeling super ineffective and um just like why why am i like this is not working um really drove home the point that uh context is important and thus right like time and space uh particularly i think the space like recognizing Right, like y'all spend all day in school as it is, having to kind of like sit and and do that, you know, like cl- pay close attention, keep your mouth shut, don't be on your phone, like all of those things that that young folks have to deal with on the on the daily at school, and um, that just wasn't the same kind of attitude to try and hold in their living space while talking through different skills to build. So. Um, and I think also what I felt that was also connected to the time and space conversation because there would be sometimes weeks where like only one person would show up, like everyone would mm-hmm. be like, man, like screw this. Like I'm not, I'm not doing that this week. Um, and it really. And and those times, it would be just like one-on-one conversations instead of like facilitating an actual curriculum that was that was presented or developed. Um, And it that to me drove home the point of like the importance of maintaining a space, even if there are no young like maintaining the boundaries of like the time window. You all know that we're always going to meet at this time in this room. Right, so that if you want to come for this, you know that these conversations will be here, the materials will be here, the assistants will be here. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: when you were doing them in the um, in their living room, was it literally just like set up like a living room?
0: Yeah, like it was a couch. It was. I mean, we right. would t- we would have to bring in a couple chairs from the dining room, which was yeah. it was like one of the it was like a. Sh- typical like Chicago architecture, like living room bled into the dining room. And so sometimes guys might be in the dining room, like hanging out at that table. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah, it was interesting. So I, for a very brief moment in my graduate school mm -hmm. career was also in a TLP program um, and was also commissioned to teach life skills in part because I had had some past experience in health education. So like I had done a lot of like primarily sex and substance use education, but um when I was in college not in a classroom setting but same idea you know like facilitated you know how to do this yeah like right same idea like oh you you've led a workshop before like you can take this on which I mean I was an intern like I didn't know um and and actually had an internship in undergrad where I taught life skills in a um shelter program for adults which was extra Mm. weird so we can talk about Mm. that later but um (laughs) as like I was like not even 21. I was 20 Um, working with like teaching quote unquote life skills to like 50 and 60 year old women, many of whom had been street homeless before, which was bananas. Um, But the takeaway point was, so the um, shelter and TLP program that I was working in in grad school, where I was teaching life skills to young people, they had recently had like a donor or somebody had come in and like redone their house. So it was like, you know, and I was in the suburbs, so it was like a suburban house and they had redone the house and they had taken the dining room, which is sort of like the room that was primarily also used for life skills and like kind of like revamped it with the idea of being able to use it for life skills. So there was, they had put in a couple of whiteboards and they put in like bigger tables and more folding chairs and all to make it feel more like a classroom. Right. But nonetheless, was I still in somebody's like freaking dining room? Right, like, yes. Right. Like, was it still? Just because you
0: put a couple whiteboards on it. It doesn't right. take away from the fact of like, but this was, right. this was our dining room. Now you've just taken away our dining room. Right. And then people like <laughs> wanting
1: to come in and like eat their dinner and then not having anywhere to eat it because we were doing like quote unquote life skills right. in their dining room. And so I always think about that when we talk about like education in somebody's home, yeah. right? Like of any kind, like yeah. what that, what it means to be doing any kind of programming. In a home space. Yeah. Even if it's like a quote unquote third space, you know? Right.
0: Well, and that's just it. And, and that's why, and I, I mean, anyone who knows me knows that I am pretty much always here for the less formal option of <laughs> oh really anything. Um, that's like
1: the understatement of the century to everyone <laughs> listening at home.
0: Um, yeah. wearing PJ pants as okay. we speak. Okay. <laughs> Read. Right. Um yeah but so it I was grateful for the opportunity to kind of like deformalize my own thinking about like what this was supposed to look like and how learning or education opportunities happen right um but particularly around that piece of like well you just make sure that the same time and location like remains because then as long as you keep that piece consistent, right? Um, young folks are going to know where to find you. And oftentimes I feel like in the current work that I do, um, that is sometimes the only kind of baseline piece of advice I can give, especially for folks like starting new GSAs or whatever. It's just like you make that window available and yet might mean that you have like, entire spans of weeks where young folks are not showing up but as long as you know like you keep showing up and you keep holding this time and space for them um they're at least going to know where to find you they're going to know uh yeah where they can go for support
1: which is interesting because the program I work at now when I took it over we had been doing consistent programming in the same place at the same time for years in Mm -hmm. many cases and young people were not showing up And I think, which, I mean, that's not to say that you're wrong, right? I think it's different. A lot of the work you do is in schools. I think that's different, right? Right. But I think as somebody who was trying to start or maintain drop-in centers or rebuild drop-in centers for young people, one of our biggest challenges was identifying times and spaces. So when I started, we had four times and spaces, one of which was like really well attended And the other three often had either no participants or, like, one, two, or three. Like, Mm -hmm. very small numbers. Um, One that was really well attended provided transportation to young people from school. So, like, clear barrier removed there. Um, But the other ones really didn't. And quite honestly, like, again, I I run programming in the suburbs, right? So, like, public transit is, like, not around, really. and. And it's interesting, you know, one of our sites, we had the biggest change in attendance when we moved it from where it was, which was in like a kind of like multi-use public building. So like a nonprofit counseling agency was there. There was like a special recreation agency there, like a couple of political offices, so like kind of a bunch of different things, but we would meet in this like conference room. Um, and then we closed the site and moved it to a library that was close by And had a dramatic increase in programming, which I think was in part due to some really rad staff that joined our team who like helped to rebuild that space. But I think also in large part due to the spatial change itself. And was the room that different? No, absolutely not. It was like basically like, you know, multi-purpose library room um, with some like tape, like kind of standard looking tables and chairs and all that stuff. But But being in a library space, which is so universally accessible, really transformed who was able to access that space. And our old space had a buzzer at the back door, Mm -hmm. which like fate worse than death for a young person um, with a camera on it. Like who's Uh, looking on the other side of the camera, like all of that stuff. And I think about how much that has impacted moving that space has impacted that site.
0: Well, and also I think just, and, you know, so this this was now many, many years ago when I was doing this work. But I, well, no. And I think that the the proper or the principles are still the same of like, then how do you also like craft youth space? So there's a there's right when you're talking about time and space, you have literally like time windows and then you have like the literal like physical location. But then also what what are the what are the things that might not be considered like a buzzer with a camera mm. or like what's the artwork in the wall what's the furniture like what's you know um what is around that is signaling to cuz libraries are very youth friendly like i think so many public libraries have regular youth programming that you know there's colorful posters and pictures and messages meant for young people, right? Whereas I feel so much of the world is not that. Like Mm. you walk into a space and you know, like, oh, this is a space where young people hang versus like, oh, I don't actually know if you think about young people when you are thinking about, again, Mm. like those like decor, um, furniture, fidgets, Right. Um, like, do we just, have different everyone, textures? Do we have Right, right. Like, do you have different? Um, yeah, just just all of those, all of those things, which is it's always funny to me. I always admit to being a sprawler. So no matter what space I'm in, like, I am filling the space. Like, <laughs> if I have one desk, then every square inch of the surface of that desk is going to be covered with stuff. Um, in our last office configuration, there were technically I think like two or three workstations surrounding me, which was a horrible mistake because then I just kind of took over all of it. But there are like toys, and there are Nerf guns, and there are like car, like little Mattel cars and things like that, and I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking through, like, what makes a space, like, what are the things that make a space youth-friendly? And I think you talked about some of them, like, art on the walls, like, having things available that are clearly available to touch. I think, like, yeah. one, avoiding the museum feel, mm-hmm. I feel like is very important, mm-hmm. right? Like, making it clear that things are, it is okay to touch things yeah. in this space. Um, having things that are on different levels like i think you know i also work in an agency that works with little littles right and so like making sure that there are things on different like it's not just on an adult eye eye level but it's also at other levels as well um i feel like i mean other i don't know like i think that's such an interesting question like you know colorful art on the walls yes but i think like also youth created art on the walls like feels really like lovely and like i think. Friendly in the sense that you're saying, like, we value what you create. Like, we value what you bring to the space, um, which I feel like holds a lot of, like, implicit anti-adultism in it. Mm. Um, I'm just saying, like, your things are of value. But, yeah, I'm just thinking through, like, what else, what else makes a space feel
0: youth-friendly? I think fuzzy blankets (laughs) and pillows, like... I mean, I know that I am a floor sitter. Right. Well, but, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, oftentimes I have experienced that as, um, I don't know, like I've been in adult spaces, even with adults who work with young folks. And it's just like, and I'll like, I'll be quick to just like take a spot on the floor. And it's like, oh my God, let me grab you a chair. Like there feels like this sense of, what's the opposite of propriety like this you know like Mm -hmm. um and I'm like no I'm good I'm calm I get to stretch my legs at different angles here and particular. and and so I'm always wanting to make sure that there are like pillows or cushions or blankets or whatever for someone to sit on a floor if they want to
1: yeah and it's so interesting so one of the things so my interpretation of a youth friendly space has always been like we have couches we have Rugs, we have cushions on the floor. Like, that's what youth space looks like in my head. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting this year. This year, our youth leadership group is too big to fit in the spot that has all of those things. Mm -hmm. We have one room in our agency that, like, is the ideal group space in that way. Like, it has a fuzzy Mm -hmm. rug and it has a couple of couches and big armchairs and, like, all of that stuff. And it's, like, bright and colorful and lovely and, like, perfect for all of that. And this year, our group, with adults is typically, like, 22 people, give or take. Um, so it's, like, 18 young people and then, like, five adults. Um, and, and we don't fit. And so, like, and so there were a couple of different ways we could play that. So, like, the first time we tried to sit at, like, there is, like, a longer table in the same room. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like tried fitting there. I've tried to just make the circle bigger and the floor, like and pull in like less comfortable chairs and have people sit on the floor. And finally what we ended up doing is we started meeting in our boardroom, which is like the least what I perceived to be honestly like the least youth-friendly space in our building. But what's been so interesting is the way that our young folks have responded to that. Like they like and have explicitly said, like, oh, I love that we meet in here. It makes me feel really like productive and really like adult.
0: Well, and that's just it, though, is you're talking about a leadership development program. And so like that to me, I'm like, right. Like, so to a goal of like, we need to keep our focus goggles on. We need we're working towards like maybe we maybe we have multiple projects going on. Right. Like I could see how that space is then conducive to like, right, because in here I feel official. I feel like a boss. And so I'm going to bossed my way through this project.
1: Right. Right. Or that I'm doing work that matters. Right. Right. I am doing work that matters to this agency at the same level that the work that our board does. And I think it really does translate for them in that way, which I think is so interesting. Um, versus like our support groups, right. One of our support groups totally meets in that room with all the couches. Right. Because like that makes more sense for like a support group space. Um, but it's also been interesting that our middle school group right now is like popping it's a place to be and we have like 19 young people in our middle school group right now it's bananas and so we are also we have also struggled to find a space that's big enough to contain that many middle schoolers and like as we all know middle schoolers are just middle schoolers <laughs> <laughs> they just t- they t- also take up a lot of space yeah. like they move around a lot. They're very loud, like all in like totally appropriate ways. Like yeah. that is just what it is to be a middle schooler. Um, but especially we're talking after school program, like you're bananas. If you think they're all going to sit still and stare right. at you, like right. absolutely not. Right. They've done that all day Right. Um, or, like, or tried valiantly, <laughs> Like you know, and like, it's been so interesting. We've had to do, we've done a lot of our meetings in the gym, which has been quite an experience. Yeah. Um, because it's almost so big, like my fear, like my initial, like youth worker fear, who's used to working with high schoolers was like, there's no way like the acoustics suck because a gym sucks in terms of acoustics. And so people won't be able to hear each other. And like, it's so much space that people will just run around and we won't be able to like contain them. And so we started off with like having them sit on the lines, which was like such a throwback to my like elementary PE days. Like everyone sit on the circle on the floor, you know, like the line in the gym or whatever. Um, but it's been interesting to sort of feel our way through that as well. And it's gotten, I mean, to large part because of the primary facilitator I'm like, there is like a bonus adult at this point, like right. our primary facilitator, she is so magical. Um, and so good, I think at what she does, but I think it's been interesting to sort of watch that group, try to use that space. Yeah. Um, too. And just thinking about that
0: yeah well and that so then as i have been sitting these many moons since it's been a while since we last recorded you know kind of ruminating on time and space in the background um it also reminds me of i'm gonna wait i'm gonna make a jump from like time from space is there anything more you want to say i think it's time to, to jump, jump to time <laughs> from space to time.
1: Yeah. Um, the space time jump it's happening right now.
0: Well, I just, you know, also to me, it's also a representative of like when you are being responsive to what's happening in. The time, right? Like, again, like our program, like nothing exists in a vacuum. We as individuals with our many identities don't exist in vacuums and thus like our programming doesn't exist in vacuums. And so I've also thought about those times where, right, I would have like really clear plans for a meeting or whatever, and, or like have things to do, right? Like we have goals, there are things that needs to get accomplished. And then there are bigger life things that happen like a presidential election or a loss to the group, like the, the youth family, right? The youth programming family, um, where you just have to scrap the plan and be like, all right, like, we're going to circle up, we're going to process, we're going to like be here for one another and support one another because right now that feels like it takes priority over all of these other maybe like programmatic or event planning or what have you goals. Um, and so I think like to me that feels very connected to time as well because it's not like you can stop the world from turning (laughs) because you have things to do.
1: And I, I think what you are saying speaks to the idea of like these sort of bigger ideas of what we as adults provide for young people, right? What we provide is the container. We provide the structure, right? right? Right. And so continuing to hold the space and continuing Mm -hmm. to set aside time to be together, even in the face of large challenges, right? Um, even if we're not doing what we normally do with that time and space, the fact that the time and space still exists, right, right provides the structure that says, like, you're safe. Right. Like, I'm here for you. Right. This space will always be there. Right. We will always be there. Um, as they are sort of taking their first steps into independence and learning how to deal with things on their own, they also need the grown people to be like, mm-hmm, yep, yeah, and right. I'm still here. Right. Like, even when it all goes to shit, I'm still here. Right um and I think being able to hold that space as well um yeah it's interesting when I think about time one of the things I always think about which is very different than what you were talking about but when we have lots of control over how young people spend their time right so one of the things that I have done in my life is run a couple of summer programs Hmm. and they're like full day summer programs right and um which means like that i am theoretically right controlling young people's time from like 10 to 5 or whatever um which is a lot of time to fill and thinking about how we structured that time like a program that i used to run we had 3 days a week where they were like off in the field like working on these longer term projects and then 2 days a week where we were sort of at our main site working through working on larger learning goals and and also doing like sort of like team, team building and things like that. And originally when I started the structure that had been there in the past was that like one of those two days was like all about learning. And then the other day was like half learning and half fun. <laughs> what I learned that does not work. <laughs> uh surprise is that young people, in fact, um, and I think most people, right. I would argue, like don't actually do well with like a full day of really intense thinking and feeling and learning Mm -hmm. and that we all need space for levity and fun and connection and all of those things that, especially, I mean, in this case, we were learning about health disparities. It was was, like kind of heavy. right? Um, And so like recognizing, so then we like ended up like switching gears and did like one fun activity on one day and one fun activity on the other day and like divvied up the time. But I think about I think about how hard it was for me as a facilitator of youth space to remember breaks. Mm. That was like one of my biggest mm-hmm. growing points as a facilitator is when I started, I sucked at remembering that like people needed breaks. Right. I'm like a hyper-focuser. So like when I start doing a thing, I'm like, we're just going to do the thing until I'm done. Um, turns out most people don't work that way. Um, and I don't really either. I just like <laughs> thought I did. Right. Um, and that was a really big deal for me and I've had feedback from especially adults who've come into my space like why do you spend a whole half an hour on dinner mm. in your programs and I'm like because people need to eat right? and need to not be using their brain right? and that's important and I think about that too in terms of time yeah, yeah. and the three hour meeting I was re-listening to
0: uh, I know <laughs> I just wish I had more time I wish I could have a three hour meeting and I guess technically if I change the day, but I mean, speaking of time and space, like, yeah, the current organization I'm in is going through a lot of different transitions over the last couple of years. And the one, the one non-shift the one constant is the time and space of the, Mm -hmm. of the youth meeting. And I don't know. There are parts of me that are just like nervous of what and parts of me selfishly that don't really want to work on a weekend (laughs) that if I moved it to a weekend's day, which I feel is more conducive to a three hour meeting. But yeah,
1: it's interesting. It's been interesting to me in my work how vocal young people have been about about how much time they think they need. Like most of our support groups are an hour and a half. I have one that runs for two hours because that group was like, no we need two hours. Hmm. Please stop trying to cut my group short. And I was hmm. like, okay, message received. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is interesting when we think about, and for them, it was really about like, we want to make sure we have enough time to like both do the socializing piece right. as well as the more structured piece. Right. Um, but I think that's always a challenge too, around how much time do we build into our schedules for structure versus how much time do we build in for mm-hmm. lack of structure? right because you start out with unstructured time as like a different way to structure your time right um whereas we start with structure and have a bunch of lack of structure in the middle which is different yeah um so any other magical insights about time and space sticking out to you as we've neanderder i feel like we're talking about the time space continuum it feels really cool (laughs) i feel really great about it so if you have any other insights that you've drawn from the time space continuum i'd love to hear them now
0: are you talking to me or our gentle listeners
1: you but also
0: our gentle oh. listeners <laughs> i'm like would, i don't know if i've got any more but
1: we would love to hear from our gentle listeners about any insights they might have um about time and space especially i'm really curious if other folks have other ideas about a youth friendly space and what makes for a youth friendly space um So if you have tips that you have tried in your spaces to make them more youth-friendly, please send us a voice memo um, to info at airandwaterwork.com. And and we will happily share it with other folks because, as we all know, the best way to learn is to hear it from others. Um, And before we exit for today, we'll close out with a checkout.
0: Because that's how we always close out. Right. Except when you consistently forget to do check Look
1: at us learning and growing right here <laughs> together. Um awesome. So, I think um maybe we'll we'll keep it a little bit simple today.
0: Great.
1: Um and just do like a takeaway and or action step that you're leaving this conversation with
0: mm-hmm. today. Mhm.
1: Now it's still nodding and thinking. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go first? Sure. Great. Okay. Um, so I would say that my takeaway from today is is really about um, thinking about the like sort of intangibles that create youth youth friendly space. I do a lot of teaching with adults around creating like LGBTQ youth friendly space, um, and we talk a lot about flagging your support. And the sort of question that I'm, this is a question I'm leaving with, not an action step or a takeaway, but the question, I always break the rules. Uh, The question that I'm leaving with is how do we show that something is a youth-friendly space outside of some of those things? Like what else, what else is out there? What other ways do we signal to young people that we are safe and approachable grown folks? Yeah.
0: Um, I think in action step for me, especially given, so we've spent this semester kind of doing a build out like with the current team of youth leaders that I'm working with, um, having them essentially build the structure that they like build the machine that they will then operate. So it's a little less led by me, a little less adult led. Um, But it just occurred to me that in all of the questions that we ask them around like onboarding and what does it mean to be a person like a, a youth leader in this space and um you know what's our decision making process going to be and what's the the structure of what's the organizational structure um i we didn't ask any questions about time and space we didn't ask any questions about like do fr- like are Friday nights still like the best options, and uh, and so mm. um, I think I'm leaving with the action step of of that of of taking that to them and being like, or is it time to start exploring new ways of being, setting mm. a new setting a new setup for for time and space. For
1: time and space.
0: Yeah, cool.
1: So that's it for this episode of The Third Space. So if you enjoyed us, um, we would love to see you next time for our next episode. Um, We'd also love to have listener questions and ideas, especially those youth-friendly space ideas. Um, So please feel free to send us a message via the Anchor app, or you can email a voice memo to us at info at airandwaterwork.com. And for all you youth workers out there, we see you. We appreciate you. You rock.